we did go to a sex club. Was that an assignment from your teacher? Yes. <laughs> they were like, go to a sex club, go to a dungeon, go to... <laughs> really? Like, I'm like, babe, we have to go to these places. And he was like, okay. Sex school is wild. I want the I want the I want the back to school Crazy. remake of Rodney, but it's sex school. <laughs> He's joining his his son for sexology class. Hey, oh, hey, dildos for everybody. <laughs> but first, a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to the dick ticklers, the titty touchers, to the ball jugglers, and the prostate pokers. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. You are listening to a wild night out with one of my lovers, and we were playing pool at a bar. Our opponent, at a point, was exchanging words with some other guy who walked over to the table, pretty quickly punched this dude in the face, and then just came back to play the game. Now, that's an intimidation tactic, let me tell you. I think it was a little rude to punch a dude in the face when it's your turn, okay? We would like to continue shooting, but, you know, we're not going to say that to that guy. Clearly unhinged and scary. What's up? Welcome to the podcast. Coming at you every Wednesday for nine years. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Uh, If it is not, welcome back. This week, I have got on sex coach and podcaster Stephanie Ganowski. She hosts a great show called What I Love About Sex. Uh, I have recently been on. I had a great time on it. You should go check it out. Then I met up with Stephanie to get a little bit of tea on her life, on her relationship, uh, which ended up revealing all sorts of tips and tricks that men could really use that they are going to ignore and not implement. But it doesn't mean we're not going to put the knowledge out there. More on that momentarily. I know you've already blocked out August 3rd through August 6th in your calendars. I know you've already been poking around at travel arrangements, lodging situations. Well, I am ready to tell you that weekend passes are now on sale. We are doing this. We are bringing Manhorcon back to New York City. Manhorcon, if you are unaware, is our... It was once annual <laughs> uh, before the world ended. Manorcon is a time of the year where fan whores from all across the country and Canada travel to New York City to come hang out with each other, with me. We get into some shenanigans. We have some good times. We do a live man whore podcast. And I, although it's not ever on the itinerary or a requirement, I've just I've seen y'all engage with each other, let's just say. It's not a fuck weekend. At least I don't say it is but you you all make of it what you do. And weekend passes are now on sale. Uh, So let me just quickly tell you what we're doing. This is kind of the game plan, subject to change, legal, legal, legal. Thursday night, we're going to begin to know each other. We're going to, you know, play some games. We'll do a little mixing, some meeting, some greeting, and uh, and some partying. On one of the days, uh, weather pending, we're going to go take a trip to Gunnison Beach, to the nude beach in New Jersey which is easily accessible via a ferry. Another day, we may be doing some sort of like a workshop, like a sex ed workshop of sorts. We might be doing a comedy show one of the nights. We'll be doing the bar crawl again, touring some of my favorite bars, going dancing. There will be a Man Whore podcast live show. And of course, 
an exclusive after party at the HQ. And Sunday is usually just like everyone pass around the Advil, wear sunglasses inside, and ramp down before y'all go home. I mentioned a little bit of an HQ, a sex queue. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to play around with that. But uh, we're going to have a kind of a center of operations is a large multi-bedroom uh, situation. And if you want to stay there, if you want to be where it's at, if you want to be staying in the center of the action, if at the exclusive after party, you want to be able to have the option to invite someone back to a room, okay, uh, hit me up uh, over email, manhorpod at gmail.com, and I can tell you some more details about those arrangements. It'll be a little pricier than if you just try to get the cheapest hotel room or Airbnb you can find in New York City, but it'll be a blast and everyone staying there will get like a little extra swag bag, goodie bag. So you want to come to ManhorCon August 3rd through August 6th, 2023. Weekend passes are now on sale. Ticket link in the show notes, of course. But listen up, listen up. You're going to see me promoting a weekend pass link like on social media and in an email blast and blah, blah, blah. If you DM me directly and be like, hey, do you have the link for the thing? I'm going to be sending you a different link for a slightly more expensive weekend pass. The discount weekend pass is only for you listening right now is to reward you for listening to listening to the intro. The link in the show notes of this month's episodes that has a discounted ticket link. If you click on a different one. It's going to be a little bit more money. And I'm looking forward to seeing y'all in August. Also coming up, we've got the next naked comedy show at the Hacienda Uh, next weekend, May 20th. It's coming up. We've got a great lineup, really funny comics who will not be wearing any clothes. Want to take your clothes off yourself? Front two rows are nudity optional. Hey, it's always fun to see people uh, get, get comfy in the front rows with us. Take a link, of course, also in the show notes. And always in the show notes, you can see uh, any of my upcoming stand-up comedy dates. Most of them, I will be wearing pants. All right. Before I bring on this week's guest, uh, I wanted to share something with y'all. It, there was a Twitter thread that went viral over the weekend, and it just resonated so hard with both what we say on this episode, what I've been saying uh, breathlessly a lot it comes from a woman who uses the handle at Chrissyosity. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. And I'm like hoping that once again, you will if just drop the alpha male bullshit. If you have friends who like are all alpha male stuff, fucking send them this podcast. Truly, I would love for this to be a Trojan horse program. Uh, maybe this is how we get some of the message in there. It's like man whore podcast. Yo, bro, I'm a man whore too, man. I'll check that shit out. Oh man, this dude bangs bitches. Fuck. Yeah. Yo, this dude, he goes to orgies. He goes to sex parties. Holy shit. If he's got dates five nights out of the week and he looks like that and I look like I do, you know, I got to get at least like, you know, nine days of the week. I got to have dates. I mean, if I, if I do whatever this dude is doing, Oh, wait, he's treating them like people? I don't know. That seems real risky, bro. Seems like a lot of extra work. What? Listening? I don't I don't understand. But maybe, I don't know, maybe I try it out. And then eventually he'll just stop speaking in that accent. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Getting off track. At Chrissy Hossity wrote, I once knew a guy who got more women to sleep with him than you could imagine, despite being average looking on the short side and usually broke. Sound like someone you know? I mean, I'm 5'10", so if it wasn't for the short part, I was going to reply like, I'm sorry, have we met Chrissy? 
She went on. So I asked him his secret. He said, I'm just really nice, but not in a way that I want anything in return. You can't tell most men this to save their lives, but that does really work. All this alpha nonsense and women hating is just dumb. Women don't want someone who hates them and orders them around. No one wants that. Women want someone who will bring them a pizza on a tough day. I don't know what's been in the water lately. Uh, this is me, Billy, talking again. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is that there's been all this, like, alpha male influencer shit going around. A lot of, like, Andrew Tate types, you know. Something about, like, oh, let's just, let's, let's put out their success. Let's put out their chauvinism. Let's put out how great I'm doing and, and fuck you if you're not. Um, it, it's, it's the self-improvement thing taken to a really weird extension. What was it? I think it was like the eighties ish, right? It was like the eighties, eighties, nineties, like the self-improvement thing, the, the human potential movement that was like kicking on. And then, uh, you know, there's, there's stuff about like self-improvement, a little gender, like with men and how to be like, how to be a man and, but it was like how to be a man, like how to be more successful in business. And then it was like how to be more successful, like get the body that you want. Then the pickup stuff started going on stronger where it's okay, here's here's how you get women. And then people were starting to get a little disgusted with pickups. So then it, it started to branch back off and, and loop back around to, well, how you get women is you improve yourself, which I like that. I like that way better do better in business and you're going to do better with your body. And it's all about improving yourself sincerely for yourself. And then the women come, the women come and is still right. It's still like this goal, but then that self-improvement thing seems to be going this like he man macho stuff coming back. And then it's this alpha male stuff. And now I think it's just becoming a parody of itself. There's a guy on Twitter. I was also noticing he, he was going around a few weeks ago. Um, his name seems to be Hassan. He goes by the handle at Mr. Overpaid. He seems to be some dude in Dubai, early 20s. He likes to show off his money and his body, and he's always preaching business tips. But the, but he preaches business tips, but there's never ever any actual tangible tip. It's just, oh, yo, you want to do better in business? Just do better in business, bro. Like, you're a fucking pussy if you're not doing better in business. And here's my three steps for doing better in business. The first step, do. Second, better. Third, in business. Counting was never my strong suit. He like He's like always showing off like really fancy cars and, you know, expensive watches. And uh, he also seems really concerned making sure that women are virgins. I think that might be like a Dubai thing. In the States, I think there's a little more realism where they're like, well, we can't expect them to be virgins. We just don't want them to be like super sluts. Like you can you can bang maybe three men while you train to eventually be with me. And this dude, Hassan, he, he posts pictures a lot like with he'll, he'll post pictures with a couple of like hot women around him that he probably paid to pose with them. I don't know this. I'm just guessing. Maybe he really did sleep with them. Maybe they're his cousins doing him a favor. I don't know. But it's a picture. He, he posts a picture with these like hot women. He's like, I fucked so many women. Be like me. Join my free Telegram channel. I've fucked thousands of women. So I quote tweeted that with, uh, yeah, but how many did you make come? It's like, how many of these jigs fucked you three times for free? I want that statistic. He later deleted the tweet. And for some reason, he did it again. He like uh, like a, a few days later, he posted another picture with another couple of probably paid models. And he's saying the same things like, 
I just had a threesome with these hot bitches. So I again asked him, I'm like, and did either of them have an orgasm because of you? And he deleted that tweet too. Now, I will say that there are some women who buy into this alpha man shit. I'm not going to pretend that those videos and because I've, I've seen those TikToks too. And I think they have been just as brainwashed as the alpha douches. I think they think they have to accept abuse to get the alpha personality they want, which is a false choice. It's like when people say, I don't know, can I vote for people's equal rights or the economy? Like that's not supposed to be, that's not supposed to be how it is. You can have both. There are plenty of alpha, macho, muscly, knows how to like fix a couch, emotionally intelligent dudes. They think boys being boys means living life with integrity, not empty dominance. And you want to know how I know it's empty dominance? Because uh, I came across that Hassan, those pictures, because some porn people, uh, some porn chicks, they were, they were quote tweeting him and being like, I know this is bullshit because like me and my friends have been hired by guys like this guy just to come hang out on a yacht and like take pictures with them, not bang them. And then later they will see those photos used by these alpha influencer guys. And they're saying, yo, I just fucked all these five chicks. Who's next? But they didn't. They just paid models to come be on the yacht with them. It's a fucking Fugazi. But I don't, I don't want to ignore the fact that there are women who are out there, you know, the, the, the trad wives, the, uh, the chicks who are talking about bitch ass dudes and they complain about whatever happened to the real men in this world. Like, sure, they're out there. There are some women who want that. And there are some women who think they want that. They got tricked into thinking they got to accept bullshit for an aesthetic. And I just don't think that's true. But anyways, I'm trying to talk to the guys who think they have to be a certain way to get girls. Because, like, I think I am literal proof every week that that's not the only way. Have y'all looked at me lately? I am, like, the heaviest I've ever been. I am certainly not flush with cash. And when a lady asks me what I do for a living, I have to use the word podcast at some point. None of these are like traditional selling points. The, the crucial part is being the nice guy without expecting something in return. Doing something not to get laid, just doing it because you think it's right. At Caliandra said, try not to think about getting laid for like five whole minutes. You'll be all right. If you really want to learn about women and get a look into their heads, click the link in the show notes to Chrissy's original uh, tweet and just like go through the replies. I'm going to read a few of them to you. At Roxy Moxie writes, we know when you're being transactional with us, doing something because you think you'll get something from it, even if you don't realize you're doing it. Uh, doing something for no reason just to make someone else happy gets you so much more. And me, I'll, Billy, I'll add, uh, if it doesn't get you something, actually, you have don't be mad about it. Like, be happy you made someone else happy. Like, damn. The first tip I ever got for a sex party back when I was, like, I think 23 uh, from, from my older friend Jen, she said, um, if I see, a, like, a hot couple, like, going at it and they're, like, winding down, uh, go up to them and be like, oh, my God, you guys were, like, really hot. Do you need, do you need water? Offer to get them water. Because everybody at a sex party always needs some water. Every, everyone's like, yeah, I could actually use some water. And then you go get them some water. And then you come back and you give them water and, and you wait a beat. And either they say like, thanks so much. Cheers. Take care. Uh, and then you fuck off. And that's 
fine because you did a nice thing or they like go oh my god thank you for the water oh what's your name oh how long you've been coming here and now you're in a conversation with people you might make some new friends you might even get some sexy time who knows you can't do that to get laid you just do that to show your chill that you're cool and if you just walk away when they say thanks and disengage you show that you're safe and being safe dudes is hot Women love going home and knowing they're not going to get raped by the guy they're bringing home, right? It's like crazy hot. At Sad Communist Dog, which is a very big LOL of a handle, wrote, there is no seductive power greater than making a femme person feel legitimately safe. At CPT Party Tits, I don't know what CPT means, but we love parties and tits here on this show. Um, She writes, Be a truly decent person equals get laid. It's really not at all as hard as someone makes it out to be. And again, if you're upset you're being nice and not getting laid, then you're not being nice. Because so many nice guys stop being a nice guy when they don't get something they think they're supposed to get because they were a nice guy. Like, but, but I'm a nice guy. What the fuck? Whole punch in the wall. So I don't think being like a, for lack of a better term, a pussy is the way because that was once what I did and I lacked confidence and I was afraid to talk to women and I was afraid to make a move and I didn't think I was worth nothing and all that stuff that didn't that doesn't work but being an alpha douchebag isn't the way either just some confidence that'll do great for any fugly chuckle fuck there is. All right. I've just talked so much at you. We, we, we got to get to Stephanie, right? The quickest fan whore appreciation moment. And it's the perfect person for it is uh, this week. I want to say thank you to Bob for supporting the man whore podcast on Patreon. And I know absolutely nothing about Bob. I cannot find Bob on the internet. I can't make a cute little personalized, whatever. I mean, that is a generic name as ever. There is one Bob. There's nothing to say, but Bob, thank you. And thank you to everyone showing up on Patreon. I do need it now more than ever. We got another. Wow, wow, wow. Hot movie night tomorrow, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Links to everything in the show notes. We got to get to a guest this week. Stephanie Ganowski. She's a clinical sexologist. She's a sex coach who specializes in working with men. I can't imagine what her blood pressure is must be like Uh, and she also is a podcast host she hosts uh, the what i love about sex podcast had a great time getting to know her let's go chat with stephanie not steph ganowski i was studying psychology in college and i was like i'm gonna do something with this i don't know what but i'm gonna do something everyone's like it's a waste of money (laughs) like but i just knew like i love people and human behavior and i wanted to study people and communication and um and then i Ended up not doing anything with it as soon as I graduated. I went to fitness and fitness mm. became my whole world. I was obsessed with it. So I was like, I should be a trainer okay. and train people. And that actually started making me not like fitness. So I was like, all right, this isn't it. Fitness is my personal thing. I don't want to train other people. That's not it. But you did do training? I did train for like five years. For five years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a yoga instructor. I was a, yeah, a NASM certified fitness, you know, personal trainer. And then I moved to California on a whim because I was escaping my narcissistic ex and I couldn't break up with him for two and a half years. So I just moved to California 
and without telling like anyone. <laughs> and like, it was crazy. It was just me and four suitcases by myself, like traveling across the country, knowing no one. And I just wanted to start over. And when I got there, I, my mom was like, Hey, do you ever read that book? Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Like really old book, right? That's Very like old. so Ancient. not relevant today. You know, if you brought that up today, people would be like, like, They'd be like are you fucking kidding? Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. And where are the they's from? Saturn? <laughs> you, you forgot that part in the title. <laughs> I know. Exactly. It, is, it did not age well. Um, but, but it is a great book. It's still a great book based like on the general um, premise of just understanding another person that you're in a relationship with. Yeah. So I loved it. Like I was reading it. I'm like, this is so interesting. Like the different perspectives of people, especially in romantic relationships. Oh my God, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. And they had a training program at the end of that book um, that I took and I became relationship you clip out coach. A coupon at the end and you <laughs> mail it in with your $5. <laughs> right. It was such like a nineties book. Um, Yeah. So ended up doing the training, became relationship coach certified. And then I right away started my business specializing in only working with men on Mm. communication with women. And it was partially for selfish reasons because I was like, I want to understand guys. I've had so many negative relationships with men. Like maybe this will help me understand where their heads are at and what they're thinking. Like, so it was wanting to understand and also seeing that there weren't many women helping guys out in terms of like the communication part of a romantic heterosexual relationship. So I was like, let me try to do that. So I went into that right away as soon as I graduated this program and three years into it was loving it, you know, built my business pretty quickly and was able to rely on it financially. And then I started getting so many questions around sex and I was like, oh, sex is like the coolest topic. I should definitely like, I need to study more though, because I didn't know how to answer the questions, you know, effectively for like all what? these guys. Um, like just you're so- a woman, you've been in relationships, you have at least some sex, like you could have had. I, about I, like, about like, um, she's, she's in pain when we're having sex. Okay. I don't know like what this could be or how to respond to it. Um, or I'm struggling with premature ejaculation. You know, I didn't understand anything about like the dick and like the Mm -hmm. mindset connected to these problems that men are facing and, and even the problems their female partners were having. I'm like, I need to study more on like sexology and like have a better understanding of like what all this means, you know? Um, so I went to sexology school and became a clinical sexologist and that was really fun. Like I loved that school and it was about, Um, I think it took like six months for me to complete it and they gave us 15 months and I was like, give it to me. (laughs) I was just like, I loved it. It was, it gave me life. Um, and they recommended all these books for us to read. So I was just like digging my head into all these books and taking on more clients. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to make everything now about just sex Mm. and helping guys with their sex concerns. And yeah, that was like two years ago at this point where I just started focusing all about sex. And now it's just, yeah, it's where we are. <laughs> that, was, that was quite the career redux. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sexology school, you know, like what, what are those classes like if you could compare it to like college or whatever? Like what's mm-hmm. being in the class like? So it was a lot of, um, I'm trying to think how often we met, but it was kind of like you could pick certain classes, um, certain times to hop on. And we would cover 
certain topics. Um, so I had I had a whole like curriculum that I we could do on our own. And then when right. we met in person so on like Zoom, spot like one day and <laughs> yeah, edging like, is a separate penises. Section. Yeah, it's, like one section was like couples concerns and the primary couples concerns that that they face in their sex life. Mm. So it's like, what are like the common questions, the common concerns? How do you tackle these? Like, what is the most effective way of helping couples through these? What kind of questions do you have to ask couples to help them understand what to do next so that it's not coming from just your perspective? You're actually taking an objective standpoint, a third-party outsider. Um, so it, it really taught me to ask really good questions. Um, and it also taught me that like, you know, not everything is about my own perspective. Cause I feel like before then it was really easy to just be like, well, I think you should do this based on like what has based on my values or what's worked for me. Yeah. And that's not going to work for everyone. So now it's more like, okay, well, what if, have you ever thought about it this way? Does that, does that help you out thinking about it that way? And if my client's like, no, that really doesn't make sense. I'm like, okay, what about this way? You know, it's never like, well, try to think of it, like, (laughs) like make it work, you know? And I think, um, to have that type of viewpoint that's very like objective and just knowing that there are so many different angles of how people view things. Like you can never come at it in one way. Like you have to understand what the person on the other side, like how do, how are they thinking and what, what hits them when it comes to, you know, giving them that light bulb moment. Almost like being in a relationship. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it just helped me to build that skill. And also every, I think every week was a new topic, like relation, like, um, you know, heterosexual couples. And then another one would be, um, understanding, yeah. Understanding penis problems, understanding, you know, vagina problems. Um, and just like specific categories. There are only about like maybe like 10 different categories. So it wasn't, it didn't go into like everything, but I just tried to focus on like the male sex concerns most because that's what I was passionate about taking Mm -hmm. out of this program. Um, But yeah, it was, we had homework and then we had reports to submit and then we had to watch videos. We had to read books and do reports. Um, We had to do practice sessions. So we had to ask people to volunteer for me to video and and coach them through certain scenarios and then you know send those recordings in with their permission of course so it was definitely yeah it was cool it was just threw me into the world right away are you like do you consider yourself like a type a personality i never have but recently i think i am more yeah i feel like the way you even just like (laughs) answer the like these like like two I just feel like the way you just went on is like a very like, kind of like type A focus. Like you're very ready for like your New York Times profile. You're just like you've got, you know, it's like uh, I'm sure like yeah. if I ask you got a couple anecdotes like already pre pre planned in the pocket. Um, I've, I'm sure like you have a plan like I'm gonna start a podcast. Here's A B C D. Okay, I'm gonna go to sexology. Okay, like I feel like you're very you get shit done. Yeah, I'm very structured in that way. Like, I know what I need to do next, and I know when I want to do it. Um, My boyfriend is actually much more type A than me, and I think he's really instilled, like, he's made me more of that. Because when I first met him, I was kind of all over the place, like, oh, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and like, blah, blah, blah. And I would start everything, but I wouldn't... Um, I wouldn't finish it in the way I had planned to finish it. And it would kind of be a little messy and kind of like not, it lacks structure. So when I started seeing him, he was very much like, okay, well, here's what my structures look like. And here's what like, you know, and he kind of gave me like a framework to use um, the way that he does. And I'm like, wow, it's actually easier when you, when you go into it, like knowing, all right, I'm going to work on this this week. And then I don't have to worry about anything else until next week. So that's how I started. I actually started thinking a lot differently just recently. 
it like mm-hmm. so that right. rubbed off on you yeah my, totally. my sister's fiance is very similar he somehow reined in this very all over the place woman mm. and like has reined her and she's like still ah you know but like focused <laughs> at you know it's like she's yeah i think my boyfriend andrew he has a really good way of doing that where he's like like babe look at what i like this is how I organize my stuff. So maybe you can find like a framework that works for you, like similar to this, you know, and it was, it's always like a maybe or like this could help, like if you wanted it to, you know, and it's, it's never like, why don't you do this? You know, it's blah, blah, blah. So I, I do see that. And I know that I think naturally as humans, we just get defensive when someone tells us what to do and we automatically don't want to do it because they told us. So the most convincing approach is always, you know, asking someone like, what if you did do this? Like, yeah. Does that help you out? What and even if what you're things? offering you think or know is right, letting go of whether or not they do it, right? Because mm-hmm. I think the difference there is- No um, expectations. Yeah. yeah. Like if she wants to keep kind of going all over, if she wants to stay disorganized, like I can offer a tool and she can take it or leave it versus some mm-hmm. people will be like, no, I know this will make you more organized. You need to do it like this because this will make you more organized because there's like a problem. And we talked about this when I did your show. I should say right now I'm here with with Stephanie Ganowski, <laughs> 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 who um, we recently recorded an episode of, of your podcast. And um, we talked about like a lot of dudes can be like, um, there's a problem. Here's a solution. Mm-hmm. And I think they think they have to help see the solution through when they offer it as opposed to you give the solution and whether or not they do is not your fucking mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. It's kind of like that. What's it? Um, I forget the the saying, like the damsel in distress. Like when there's certain men that look at women like damsels in distress and they have to be the hero. Yeah. I think a lot of guys who view women struggling in that way, they're like, I have to be the hero. I have to make sure she follows through. Like I have to make sure that she has what she like. Let her worry about her own shit, you yeah. know, like guide her, support her, help her if she wants it. Let and her fail let her, if she's yeah, going to fail. Let her fail. Let her fuck up. Like let her take ownership over her own shit. Like, you know, we we all should be entitled to do that. And it's just it only benefits us. You know, no one is actually helped when they're just like enabled or like held the entire time. Yeah. So when you got into like working with uh, with men, um, even before you started the sexology stuff, like. Where was your sex and dating life like at that time period? I also have no idea. You seem ambiguously aged based on information and timelines you've given. So I have no <laughs> idea how old you are. So I don't even know it would be like, oh, is this like mid 20s? I don't so but like where where were you at in your sex and dating life as you started that this as a career? When I started this as a career, I was about like 26, 27. Okay. Um, so now I'm 32, just turned 32. Cause you could be 26 now. You also could be 39. I have no idea. Really? Who fucking knows? Yeah. It's like, I was, wait, do I look 39? No, you look like, like you look <laughs> okay. like you're like, you look younger, but like timeline, I do math. I'm like, you have to be a certain minimum Oh age, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then who, you know, who fucking And then knows? I'm bringing up the book from the nineties. Yoga, just, could, yoga <laughs> like could take up who knows knowledge. how much of your life. Right. So it's like. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. So I was about 26 and in terms of I was dating um, and it was really difficult trying to date guys in L.A. Mm-hmm. I was living in L.A. at the time. I do not trying, do that. It is. Yeah, it is a insecure crowd over there. <laughs> what, what, what was dating in L.A. Way. like? Tell me more. Oh, it was just like it was just very. How do I explain it? Very insecure. Like like I would if I said I worked with men and I was a communication coach for men because that, that was like my title at that time. Like it was either 
like laughed at and it like just made fun of, you know, in a way where it's like you knew they couldn't start any type of conversation around it or show any like they weren't confident enough to express curiosity in it. Um, so there was that. And there was also, you know, whenever I brought if I brought up that I helped guys with like sex topics, because early in the day I still did, they okay. would occasionally come up, but guys would be like, oh, I don't need help with any of that. Like, we'll never have to worry about that. Like, and just making comments like that, that was, they weren't even funny. Like, they were actually serious. Like, and I'm like, dude, like, chill. Like, what goes through your head when you hear some dude say, I don't need any help with the sex stuff? I'm like, you need the most help if that's the way you're responding. Like, you suck in bed. Yeah. Like, that's my immediate, like, the guys who, you know are good in bed have reactions like oh wow that's like that's actually pretty cool like what do you think like they show curiosity they're like yeah i have my own challenges but like not gonna share them with you not on date one you know like they'll make jokes like that where it's like you know they admit that they have faults like every single other person on the planet and they're not afraid to admit that their ego doesn't get in the way of admitting that like we all have sexual challenges because we do um And, you know, when you have someone who's like, oh, like, I don't need any help there. It's like, that's just a red flag. And are you just thinking of certain like days of your courses? Like, oh, remember, that was like week three of the course. Uh, (laughs) They told me about you. It's (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, it's. It must be interesting to be learning about things and experiencing it while you're dating. Like we're learning the sexology stuff to like encounter it in the wild. And you're just like, I just did homework on that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I early in the when I started niching down on the sex topic, I had my first one night stand. Actually, I've only had one, maybe two one night stands in my life. Gasp. And yeah, I know. Um, So there was this one guy in New York and he was obviously insecure about like just we were at the bar. It It was a hinge date. We're at the bar and I start talking about what I do and I could tell he's like insecure because he's like, all right, uh, next topic. And then like goes into the next topic. And then with another few drinks, he opens the topic back up, brings it back. And we start talking about it. And he's like, so what if you needed some like experimentation to help you out? And he started to be like flirty. And it was like the flirting was flowing. And I was like kind of feeling it because I was a little drunk. And I was like, ah, fuck it. Let's just let's just do it. Um, so I brought him back to my place and he, he asked me at his place. I'm like, no, I don't know you. I have no clue who you are. (laughs) Like, come back to my place. And he, I forget like what, I think he went down on me for literally like 10 seconds and then was coming up. And I was like, I don't orgasm unless it's clitoral. So you got to get back down there. <laughs> and I, like, I just told him how it was. Like, I was drunk. I was like, what are you doing? It's been 10 seconds. Like, what are you doing? What's his response to that? He rolled his eyes. I'm like, excuse me? Like, did you just fucking roll your eyes? And it was just, and he was just like, oh, like, well, can you hurry up? And he made a comment like, can you hurry up? I don't know if he said, he said something along the lines of like, pressuring me to speed it up. And didn't get there, never got there because I'm <laughs> obviously. Then he was like, after we did it, he was just like, well, hopefully there'll be a lot more of those nights. And I'm like, this was the worst sex experience. Like one of the worst I've ever had. You said that life. to him? No, I didn't say that oh. to him. I know I should have, but I was like, uh, I don't know. And he was like, what do you mean you don't know? And I was like, time to go. And I had a little of an attitude, but I was still being a little flirty about it yeah. because I just have a hard time being like, 
straight out bitch. Sometimes you want to say things and it's just the safety element just doesn't allow you to. So yeah, he texted me like 10 times for a year, like throughout the entire year. And I was just like, when is this dude going to give up? I didn't answer any of them because it's just, in my opinion, never worth it going back and forth with someone you don't want to waste energy on. So I'm like, never again. You think there's something about guys who like, I feel like we've been taught to like be impressive to then get sex. And therefore, yeah. like when they're saying on the day, like, oh, I'm not going to need any that it's, it's them trying to be like, be, they're puffing up their chest yeah, peacock instead of just being vulnerable or open or real. Yeah. I don't think we were given permission is, to do that. You weren't. And that I, I do, you know, feel for guys in that regard, because it's like when you say the word vulnerability to a man, it's like. I don't know. I wasn't really taught that masculinity equals vulnerability. So if I want to be masculine, I don't think I should do that. You know, I don't think I should open up about myself emotionally. Like, how do you be both? You know, and I think that that's been that hasn't really been taught very clearly to men, Mm. in my opinion, you know, based on what I see. So my tip is you cry while wearing a sports jersey. And then (laughs) I've really like melded the two together. Right. (laughs) I know. I'm just like. It is tough, but like my my boyfriend is super vulnerable and I do take note of like cuz cuz I'm always, you know, helping my clients be more vulnerable vulnerable in their sex communication with their wives or their partners. Right. And um and I notice so I'm that much more like aware when my boyfriend does it and opens up about something and I'm just like, oh, I'm so much more attracted to him whenever he does that. And it's so like, it's so interesting because it is him showing a weakness, mm-hmm. I guess, you know. Um, without like, being weak. Without being because weak. Because there is, yeah. and I've been this side of it. This is like my origin story comes from the other side where it's too much weakness. There's no, mm. there's none of the confidence or backbone. If you want to call it masculinity, yeah. backbone, whatever it is. So it's like, it's too soft. Mm-hmm. And I think there's the guys who won't open up at all. There's the guys who have that nice guy syndrome on the other side. And mm. it's finding that in between that's both attractive and connected, open that I think we're, we gotta, we're trying to push both sides into. Because mm-hmm. like I need to get butched up a little bit. Whereas yeah. there's other guys who need to like cry a little more. I think a good, maybe a good tip of keeping that balance is, you know, you can be emotional and you could get upset over something, but if leaving the conversation with action versus like just a hopelessness or throwing your hands up in the air or feel like not taking ownership or accountability over what you can control, I think is what shows that masculine. Mm. Because, you know, like for my boyfriend example, for him to say something that's like, hey, like, you know, I I know I didn't haven't been doing a great job of this. Um, and I realize that and it's something I have to work on and I am working on it by doing this. And, you know, I hope you see that in the next few months. Like he would say something like that where Mm. it's like, I'm sorry, like I I did fuck up. Um, It's actually scary to me. Like he'll open up about like how it makes him feel. And um, yeah, just hearing like those raw feelings like or this was embarrassing or this was scary. This made me made me feel like, you know, a little insecure. Like when he says there an example that you wouldn't be betraying him, you could share. I'm trying to think of one. one as I'm talking and I'm. I think some, as you're thinking, some guys can sometimes be like, um, well, it's just, it's, here's my feeling when you do this, as opposed to, I just feel this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, he does a great job of saying like, 
I, when you said this, I felt this way Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if it was, if it, you know, made sense to feel that way. I'm still trying to understand those feelings and why I had that reaction. So he'll always take it from like, Hey, I chose to feel this way and I'm not sure why. And I'm trying to figure it out and understand it. Or if he's trying to understand me, if he feels like I said something that, totally threw him off, he'll be like, if I understand correctly, you're saying blah, blah, blah. Is that true? Yeah. So he'll never be like, you know, why would you say that? Or like, you, so you're saying this, you know, he never, he does his best to not make assumptions. We come and, from a place of wanting to understand yeah, the words that came out of your mouth. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of saying, oh, you must mean it's, I hear this. Is it mean this? If mm-hmm. not to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. And I assume he also eats your pussy properly. He does. There you go. See the mix? <laughs> he does a great job. You have a very exciting job as a sex coach. Uh, and I put uh, I put it out there in my Ask the Guest channel, which is a Patreon-only channel in our Discord server, The Champagne Room, uh, where y'all can ask questions and I will uh, ask them whether they're good or not. Uh, if it's a great question, <laughs> I wish it was mine. And if it's a bad question, hey, it wasn't my idea. Um, and they were very, they, they, I had uh, quite a few dudes had, had mm. questions for you uh, as a sex coach who, who focuses uh, particularly with Ben. Cool. Um, so, you know, the first one is... Um, and you've kind of alluded to it, but, you know, how does your boyfriend react to – how did he react to your profession? Was he intimidated the way you describe these other guys as being? He was not. I mean, like I said, he worked with me. Right. <laughs> like, so um, he knew what, you know, everything was all about. He encouraged me to go to sexology school. Sure. He encourages – you know, my ideas for masturbation meditations and selling those to guys. Like he's very secure. Masturbation meditations? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. What was that now? So that's something. Some non-erotic I, thing? Correct. Okay. Because that sounds like something I would type into like HypnoTube. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's not so much hypnosis, but I can explain it to you. Okay. If you, you want to get into that? Please, please. Do you want me to explain it now? Yeah, I, I, okay. I won't be able to focus on anything else so I know what a masturbation meditation <laughs> is. All right. So my one of my biggest goals is helping men especially overcome PE. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think of ways that I can do that in a unique way that's not like brainwashing, um, but also helps them with this concern. And then I was like, well, there's other concerns too that maybe it can help with, like delayed ejaculation and erectile dysfunction. And I'm like, how can this help? Um, so I thought about it and I actually joined the subscription, um, I forget what it was called at the moment, but they had an example of a masturbation meditation run by this like older guy for all these guys. And the guys in the commentary were like, you know, I'd rather it be a female voice. Yeah. Like it's hard to masturbate to this dude's voice when I'm straight. And I was like, huh. <laughs> so I was like, what if I like created meditations that were like about 15 minutes and guided a guy to help him create his own image of what's erotic to him Mm -hmm. so that he can have a better understanding of his own personal arousal phases. Is this to draw out a masturbation session so it's not just a quick like jack, 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 two minutes spurt? It's to help guys be mindful about their masturbation so that they are more aware of their arousal so that they can have more control over their ejaculation. See, I need that so that I don't accidentally edge for three hours because I'm bored. (laughs) I need something to rain me down to 15 minutes. (laughs) Yes. Well, they could help. Um, There's so I have one for delayed ejaculation and one for 
uh, premature ejaculation specifically, and then a generalized one and one that's focused more on like a deep breathing technique. Mm -hmm. So I just put a few out there just to see, test the waters and see what guys thought. And a lot of guys, I put surveys at the end of them. So a lot of feedback I got was, um, I never thought I could bust a nut without porn. Like, or I never have in my life, like use my own mind to get off. And I was like, holy shit, like, this is so cool. And then like other guys were saying, like, I, I haven't been watching porn. I like use this. And since I've been able to like come up with more creative ideas. Um, so it's just really a way to put guys more in control of their arousal and make them think of things creatively so that they can get better expressing themselves and communicating, you know, the things that come up to their minds, Mm. um, just getting them more comfortable with that, their own erotic, um, preferences. And my whole thing with my clients is like, talk to your partner, you know, like start expressing yourself. Cause a lot of like ED issues come from a lack of expression. Like guys are suppressing their desires. And if you're mentally suppressing, you will physically suppress as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, there's so many, um, and, and I had guys literally say like, I was able to come in this amount of time and that hasn't happened in so long where I was able to come quicker, like, because of, you know, the thoughts you made me think so it's just like really playing around with like the the mind and guiding them to use their own creativity versus have to rely on a porno and have their brain believe like we need this in order to get off right because you don't when you're when you're like recording the audio for it though was any part of you kind of like we were you like checking with Andrew? Was like, is this too? Am I sounding too sexy? I did. I, I sent them back? all to him, and yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like, maybe this is okay. <laughs> yeah, because like you don't want to turn it into a thing that's like, you know, I mean, they are all masturbating to it, but you want it to not be like this, like, oh, we're jerking off to Stephanie. It's like, yeah. it's like Stephanie's guiding us. Exactly. That's how I wanted to make it, <laughs> right. but I, but I did also get a lot of feedback that was like, can you? Can you be, I know like your intention isn't to be porn-esque, but is it possible to have a more sexual voice or, you know, is it possible to instead guide us? Start getting custom orders. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about it. For an extra 200, I will. (laughs) Make you a personal 10-minute meditation. Um, No, but I was, I was thinking, I mean, I get the point. Like I get, it probably is hard to jack off to something that sounds clinical, you know, where. Um, no, I think I think no. if it's calm, I think if it's like of a with your voice versus the dude's voice, at least for me, like mm-hmm. there's something about having that calming guidance. It's just it's like it's it could be hotter with a hotter yeah. tone, but that's not what you're selling. So like yeah. it sounds like you put out what you meant to. Just obviously, a dude's gonna be like, "Wow, she guided me so well." It'd be so hot if like she said the word "cock" a few more times, though. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. and in a slow, sexy voice. So Andrew, like, was is it was into like all your learning at sex? He's like, "Hey, I'm test dummy. Good. Anything you want to work on?" <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes I'll be like, "Babe, I got this new toy. I have to promote. Can we? Can I put this in your ass?" He's like, "Nope." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so there's some things that are off limits when he's a test test. Uh, test boyfriend but for the most part he's just yeah super supportive and like wants me to win and is my number one fan so oh that's so cool that's good yeah i think number one fans like a very important thing like you should be yeah. your partner's cheerleader in their career if you know if they have like a professional career path yeah um, and that's what i was looking for like i was like i just when i would think about my ideal partner i would think of him just supporting me and loving what I do and loving how I light up about it and being attracted to that part of me. Like that was really important to me because my business is so important to me. So I couldn't, whenever I would go on dates with guys who 
didn't light up at the fact that I lit up at my work and they were too insecure to handle it. I was just like, you're not for me. Like, I miss, yeah. I miss that of my last relationship. I'm just, I'm hearing that. I'm like, oh fuck. Cause like I was mm. like our number one fan. Mm. Uh, fuck. Okay. Um, <laughs> pivot, uh, Billy. <laughs> Lance wants to know, like, how, how do you separate like the, the professional sex coach brain from like your personal intimacy with Andrew? Mm. It was interesting because when I was, especially when I was in sexology school, they were like, we encourage you to experiment with things and try new things and do this in the bedroom and like try this with your partner. So <laughs> poor Andrew is like, what the fuck? Like, is this what you're like? Like it was, it was basically every night was like trying something new and it got a little overwhelming for him because he just was not used to that. And he, he, you know, came to me and said, like, I feel kind of like, like used. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't used. He was just like, you know, I feel like kind of. Um, I forget the word he used. It was not. um, Like un uneducated, but not the word uneducated, like inexperienced. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was like, you're making me feel like inexperienced. Like, like I, I thought I knew how to do Yeah. This. Like I thought I like did a bunch of stuff, but like I did not apparently. Um, but he was like, do you think there's a way where we can, you know, maybe like tone this down a little bit and like pull back on some of the toys, like just, you know, starting out our relationship. Cause this is like when we were first started seeing each other a lot in person mm-hmm. and like, we, we did long distance for a year. He was in Austin. I was in New York. So whenever I would see him for 10 days, it was like 10 days of wild sex. Right. And then I'm gone. Um, yeah. And that was definitely something for him that we had to work out. And How I had to. How did you work to, it out? Um, I, I asked him specifically like what he liked and it was interesting because when I asked him, he really didn't know how to answer that question. And I asked my audience to kind of test that theory I had where like, I feel like most men don't know what they want. And guys had a really hard time, like my clients and the guys I asked, like knowing what they want. They're like, I want to pleasure her. I'm like, what do you want though? Like, what do you desire? Like, what feels good on your body? How do you like your dick sucked? Like, how do you, what, how do you want me to touch you? Like, how do you want me to kiss you? Um, what do you want me to say to you in your ear? Like dirty talking, like what would really get you aroused? And, and like Andrew, like didn't really have specific questions, like answers to that. And he's like, I really have to think about this. Like, this Mm. isn't some, I kind of just always like went with it and didn't really sit down and think about like what I would ask for. And like, that was kind of a very odd question for him, I think based on his reaction. And so he wrote down his needs, um, I ended up writing down mine, like the the top things that were most important to me, like forgetting all the crazy stuff that yeah. I don't need. It was just fun and experimental. And we kind of just got on track with each other's like basic sexual needs. And that way we felt confident like going into sex experience where he was like, all right, we don't have to do all the things, but I want to make sure I'm doing the things that are most important to her. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like giving him that confidence and then me pulling back on all experiment the, with all everything. All the class stuff. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, once in a while bringing something up. But I do remember there was one night where I was like, okay, then we'll do this. Put this on me. Like, what was the this? Come on, girl, come on, come on now. <laughs> no, I like had him put like a ball gag in my mouth and then like a leash on me okay. and then like an ass plug in my, like, and like, and then tie me up. Like, there was just so much in. Not normal for you. Not part of your normal 
sexual It wasn't things. part of our normal thing. Right. Yeah. Like we just started having sex and like, yeah, like Wait, this it was, was kink day in class. It was kink day. Yeah. And, and yeah, I get like when you're having like a full out, when you plan to have a kink night, like you're kind of prepared for it. But like this just came out of the blue. Like I was just pulling things out of my suitcase and like literally telling yeah. him to like do stuff to me that he was just like, well, I thought we were just going to have like, yeah. you know, uh, you know, our typical sex experience. And I would just throw things out the last minute that he wasn't used to being like thrown into, sure. I think is what was overwhelming for him. Um that like for other people, it wouldn't be, you know, that, like for me, it wasn't overwhelming, but for him not being used to that, of course, you yeah. know, that's a lot at once. So, so yeah, it was, um, it was really just understanding like our basic needs and then him practicing and like, and then he got to a point where he was like, I feel like I'm very in my head because now I'm trying to, and I noticed like he, I noticed him being in his head because he said he was trying to think of the the things like remember the things that were most important to me and like make sure that he did those things so he was getting a little like out of the present moment and he was saying I don't feel as emotionally connected to you because I'm like in my head so then we like worked through that yeah. and at the same time like I had my you know own issues too where like then I couldn't be present because I was worried about our connection so you're also trying to breathe through this ball gag that you yeah, don't normally exactly. use right it's like I've had one of those in a couple times it's fucking you're just like, Some of them don't have holes. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this it's, is not safe. Breathe through the nose, I guess. Okay. It's it's tough. Yeah. It, it's like, he's like, I'm trying to both like make sure you like don't suffocate and remember your top things and <laughs> yeah. be sexy and then also figure out where I'm going to enjoy this. Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah. I, could, I could see where that, the, you know, where that the, the professional and the personal, it's, yeah. they mix when, when our professional lives are quite fun. And sexy, it's you, but you have to delineate sometimes. Um, sometimes there's going to be sex that's for work, but hopefully, most of the sex that we're doing is uh, for our personal stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but we did go to um, we did go to a sex club. Was that an assignment from your teacher? Yes, <laughs> oh. they were like, "Go to a sex club. Go to a dungeon. Go to." <laughs> really? Like, I'm like, babe, we have to go to these places. And he was like, "Okay." Sex school is wild. I want the I want the I want the back to school Crazy. remake of Rodney, but it's sex school. <laughs> He's joining his his son for sexology class. Hey, oh, hey, dildos for everybody. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it was, it was. They were just encouraging us to do everything and anything. But How was the sex club? The first one was where, a little where, creepy. Where, where'd you go? New York City, both of them. Um, any anywhere I would know. Checkmates was the second one. Oh, that's like a, is that fancy? Is that fancy? Is that a swingery one? Yeah. 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 Okay. It's not, it's not too fancy, but I think the entry fee was like a hundred something. Oh yeah. That's pretty normal. Yeah. Um, and then the, oh, what was the first one? The first one is a little sketch. Um, Love a sketch. Oh Uh, yeah. I forget. No, (laughs) it was in Manhattan on like. In a really nice area. So I thought it would be, sure. we thought it, we were, yeah, our expectations were just higher. <laughs> but, but we did, it was, it was fun. Like there were some characters there and yeah, we had a really fun, funny experience. Um, I ended up whipping a trans woman tied to a. Sandra's cross. Yeah. Yeah. And. And yeah, that was that was just fun. It was just like <laughs> take off your clothes and like just like going, 
And then, like the the security guard was like, "All right, try this whip." And I'm like, "This, is, like, like this, this is so chill and like weird." It's such a fun newbie thing where just like you're walking through, someone's like, "Hi, do you mind just can you paddle me real quick?" <laughs> exactly. And that's like, like that's I, what it was. I don't want to be rude. Pow, <laughs> pow. Excuse me. Do you want harder? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then and then she's like, "Can you touch me?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> like that's yeah. I'm not going there." But like I. You know, we appreciate that you, yeah, that you you can communicate that. You know, it was and it was very respectful. It was yeah. like, yeah, it was it was fun and respectful. It was just there were a lot of guys. Sounds that, like a swinger club then. It, not yeah. like checkmates though. Like checkmate or checkmates was like, oh well, you had to. I think you have to bring a partner to checkmate. Some places you have to bring a partner. Some it's just like different entry fees and. And then when we got there, it was just like so. It was a bit overwhelming and just over, overly. Uh, sensory overload yeah. like it was just like a huge porno was playing on a on a screen in front of us the, the sound was so loud and then there's really loud music on top of it everyone around you is fucking and, and, like, the, and then the scent everyone's another yeah, scent that's another sensory overload the scent everyone's just touching you um <laughs> like mean, just they start touching and then it's good. like yeah i know that was that was a bit annoying there because like i was having sex with Andrew, like on a couch. And there's like people, like guys touching me. No one should be touching you. And I'm like, stop. Hacienda, you got, if I'm just talking to you on the couch, I want to touch your shoulder. I'm supposed to ask first. Yeah, exactly. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't touch my genitals, but like, it doesn't matter. Like if I'm naked and you're, yeah. There's a couple other questions from, from the channel. Uh, What's Nathan wanted to know, are the issues you see with single men different than with partnered men? Hmm. That's a good question. A lot of the issues are the same. I would say with, um, yeah, with single guys, there's just more performance anxiety. Mm. I would say because they're not with, they're they're most likely not with a partner that they have fucked a bunch of times. So there's not that confidence and comfortability. And it's just like, you know, am I going to perform well to the point where she's going to want to fuck me again? Or, you know, this is another first time. Here we go. Like that first time for a lot of guys can be apparently, you know, anxiety producing. It's an audition. It feels like an audition if you make it be an audition in your head. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it makes sense, you know, that you would feel that way. Like you have this physical part of you that you're hoping will do the thing you want it to do. And it's it's not, you know, something you could just fake as women can fake. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I would say that's the number one is like the performance anxiety. But, and then the the maybe single guys have more of this, negative maybe not negative is the right word but like if they have a certain view about women or about sex it actually prevents them from getting in relationships Mm -hmm. so that's definitely something that's different from guys who are already in one what what kind of a view um it could be like I've, I haven't had enough sexual experience. So because I haven't had enough sexual experience, I don't want to embarrass myself and have sexual experiences. Mm. So they actually self-sabotage and keep themselves in this cycle of just not being sexual and not, you know, working on their sexual confidence. 
Um, and I always tell guys like masturbation is a great tool to work on your sex life and your sexual confidence yep. because it's still sex. Yeah. You know, um, when someone asked me how my sex life was when I wasn't having sex with men, I would still say it's great because I was still having sex with me. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Um, so it's, you know, it's interesting to see how guys who have very little sex confidence, um, hardly masturbate. And when they do, it's like they do as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And then most of them end up with premature ejaculation because of that. And, and, and it's why, like, I mean, when I was younger and it's, it's like not my primary guiding force cause I have a little more confidence in myself now, but I'll still do it from time to time where I'm like, when I was like dating, dating, um, the first time, like, I'm going to hook up with you, I'm actually going to take PIV off the table. Mm. I mean, we're going to fool around. We're going to do this. That's I'll, a good idea. Yeah. I'll tell them before we go upstairs, like, I'll be like, Hey, by the way, like, cause I've learned that adult women sometimes are annoyed by it and I've been yelled at many times. So I'll have <laughs> to, Oh yeah. Women can be, women don't know how to handle rejection to sex from mm. someone who is interested because they haven't been trained for that because they've been trained to like, either you don't want it. And yeah. most of the time they can handle that. Cause like, what? He's just not interested in me. They're having a hard time being like, but I've also, I've offered the pussy. And they're not doing the thing I've offered that I've been told everyone will want and want so badly. Sometimes mm -hmm. they'll take it, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll be like, oh, we're going to fool around. Because like, I want to learn how your body works before yeah. I barrel in with my dick and hope that's the solution. Rarely is. So yeah. I'm like, I want to learn your cheat codes so that I can feel – because if I'm inside you and I don't feel confident, it's hard to keep my boner. It's hard for me to have a good time. If I know some of your cheat codes and I'm inside you and I'm like thrusting and doing whatever – I'm like, oh, I know she likes a little choking or I know she likes her nipples tweaked like this way mm -hmm. or I know I can do this or like I know her clit's like super sensitive. So if I want to – so I'm not going to rub it while like I'm going wh – whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. I want to know that before the first time I go in. So that's why I used to take it off the table a lot. And then now audition feeling is so much lower because mm -hmm. most of what I'm auditioning with doesn't involve my hard dick. Yeah. So now I can just like try to learn you. And then the whole part of like, oh, and getting me off, that's – pretty easy like well we'll figure that one out i'm confident <laughs> a mouth a hand my hand we'll, we'll figure out how to get me off but like let's first learn your body and then next time if you still want to fuck me like then i'll be so much more confident fucking you yeah because i kind of already got an idea do you explain that to women like yeah. when you okay so when you're like hey let's save that because i just want to like get to know you and your yeah body i want to like learn more. how your body works yeah uh, i won't do as much of a speech unless they are really confused yeah and yeah. some of them get really confused because they're very and then guys i mean look i don't want you to use this in a manipulative fashion however i will say that my experience through like a lot of college and in my 20s if i was turning down fucking the first time oh my did they feel like they now needed to come and like conquer me Cause like mm -hmm. I denied them mm -hmm. and now they almost want to fuck me more. Yeah. Um, I after the first time, so long as like I was competent, they were like, okay, well I want to see what like fucking him's like. Yeah. I guess I got to go back for another date. Yeah. And I wouldn't ever do it for that purpose, but that was an outcome I it would see happen. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think like that. if dudes are like nervous and if you're listening to this now and you're relating to what she's saying, take it off the table yeah. and it's okay if you say it confidently. Don't be like, oh, well, you know, I'm not really experienced. I just, you know, I don't really know. So I, I'd really yeah. like to start slow. How about just like, hey, I want to learn how your body works. God, is that like, I am told. I am told that that is a very um, hot thing to hear. He wants to learn how my body works to the point he's not going to fuck me. Probably wants to fuck. Mm -hmm. But he's going to take that off the table just to learn me. Damn. Let yeah. me sit on this boy's face. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. And it, it's the same thing as saying, because you are saying this in the, in a different way, 
Um, it's the same thing as telling women, like, I just want to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Like, and women, so many women just want to be fucking heard and like actually listen to. So by you being saying something like that in a sexual way of like, I want to understand your body. Like, yeah. I want to like learn your body. I want to listen to your body so that I know how to respond to it when we're ready to do this. It's just, you know, it's just what women need as a non-sexual intimacy to to get super aroused for yeah. that time when it's when it's actually I want to listen to you with my hands and fingers, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. just another it's another way of listening. That's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I also love how you were, you know, mentioning so many aspects that go into sex that don't have to do with your dick. Yeah. And most of it doesn't have to do yeah, with my dick. Most of it does not. <laughs> and that's why like performance anxiety when it's like I don't know what my dick's going to do, like can can that bring anxiety and is it understandable? Yeah, of course that's understandable, but like when you put all of the expectation on just your cock and you think that's what makes great sex, then yeah, that's going to create more, so much anxiety if that's your belief that like it relies on your cock, like the pressure, the pleasure relies on your cock. You're just creating more and more anxiety, mm-hmm. which is likely to cause problems. So the more it all relies on the dick. Well, there's so much pressure. It's like, if you got a basketball team, if you only got one star player, I mean, we saw mm-hmm. that happen with Purdue. Okay. The fucking Edie, <laughs> uh, this is for like seven people who listen to my show with this crossover <laughs> between sluts and sports, but like Edie on Purdue, do okay if you put the entire team on this big like seven foot two fucker uh yeah dude was tired at the end of every game yeah they got upset by a 16 seed in the first round because you can't put it all on that one Mm -hmm. kid's shoulders you need you know other aspects of your sex life if your sex if your sexual skills are a team your dick's just one part of the team it can't all be on that yeah otherwise you're gonna get tired and you're gonna get embarrassed nationally Mm -hmm. (laughs) hopefully Uh, not nationally (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh gosh the first time it's ever happened in the history of uh, college basketball uh yeah yeah i think that's and then last night i I, do you remember on when we did your show i think i had just done that oral sex audition thing where i I was okay so you were about to do it i was about to do it well Mm -hmm. the only the first chick we had was uh very directive right went on i went on a proper date with her last night Mm -hmm. and she even told me she was like when we were getting ready to go back she's like i'm actually like currently right now i'm not even like that interested in like being penetrated by a dick or like doing much with dicks Mm -hmm. which i'm like okay fun hot and like i can run a little submissive but i'm just like whatever i can always like I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, I'll jerk off while I'm going down on you. And she got very dominant and like directive of things. And she like was like, at one point I said like, can I take it out and touch? And she's like, no. So I'm, I'm like just eating her out and swallowing a lot of cum uh, and like <laughs> fingering and all this stuff. Right. And really getting to know her body. She's telling me, Ooh, nipples don't need the, don't need you to do that. Very neutral for me. Cool. Like I'm, I'm learning everything. Yeah. And then by the end of it, like we're, we're finishing up and doing the last, whatever hydration she has left uh and she like did let me take it out and like now and i was hard the entire time and i'm hard because i know i'm doing a good job and i'm Mm. learning how her body works i have nothing Mm. but very splashy positive feedback loop (laughs) so now i'm aroused as opposed to all right fuck me i'm like hope i do a good job you know yeah so yeah so it really is up to both partners to just you know Tell how it is, like give direction. Like, you know, if you want to be pleasured, let the person know how to pleasure you. It's really as simple as that. It's not easy for everyone, but if you want to be pleasured and you're if you're not receiving it, you can't blame your partner if you're not telling them. Yeah. You know? And I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. 
And the last question from the channel, which, by the way, if you want to post on the Ask the Guest channel, all you got to do is, one, be a member of the Discord server, the Champagne Room, link in the show notes, and then you just have to uh, be a member of my Patreon community. You got to support the show. Just a couple dollars uh, gets you access to those patron-only channels, and the link to the Patreon, also in the show notes. Link to all of Steph's stuff. And everything you could need is in the show notes, people. And Jack had our, our last question from the channel. Uh, and I know you don't work necessarily um, with women, but between your experience and hearing your friends and, and your training, he wants to know, what are the main things each gender worries about in bed? Um, I think we covered hmm. most of the guy stuff. It sounds like it's mostly performance. Performance, uh, yeah. premature ejaculation, which is the leading sex concern for men. Yeah. Um, delayed ejaculation and erectile dysfunction. And number three, it's like, how do I get her to put a finger in my butt? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how do we carry out my cuck holding fantasy? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those are the typical guy ones. Um, for married guys, it's always, she doesn't want sex as much as I do. How do I talk to her about this uh. and have a conversation where she's not super defensive and I'm not defensive. And do you so. usually say, just do the dishes without being asked? <laughs> no, but a lot of it does have to do with helping her and listening to her. Mm-hmm. And almost all of them, their wives or partners will tell them like, you don't listen to me. And I know that's, you know, the, the cause of so much of the sex concerns. And it's that non physical intimacy. That's not ha- happening. That's yeah. causing the lack of sex uh, almost every single time. And for women, um, main, con- main sex concerns are, well, 45, about 45% of women struggle with pain during sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that more men need to be aware of and not take personally, but seek to understand and see how, you know, you can work out if you're in a partnership, like work it out together to make sex a more comfortable, um, activity for you both. Um, I would say, uh, fear around smelling bad. That's a top insecurity that yeah. women have uh, or tasting bad. So there's a lot of women who, I mean, 75% of of people with vaginas can't come from penetration alone, right? They need clitoral stimulation. So with that being said, and also the the wild insecurity that that most of them have being I might taste bad or smell bad. Don't go down there. Like that's so sad. <laughs> it's very like, sad, but I but also I like mean there some, are fingers and other things to do on the clitoris, but well, some, sometimes I mean, and it's I hear this as such a ran, um, regular concern, but I don't experience it. But like I do sometimes experience like there's some funkiness going on, mm. and I'm like I don't I'm not one to go like oh you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make like a deal out of it. If it's unbearable, I just won't go down them. I'll use my fingers. If it's mild, then I'm like, whatever. Pussies are different. But um, what did you say? Have you ever been in a situation where you said something? Um, I get a, I get that question. I a lot. don't think so. But if I had, it, it must have been like under the age of 25. Okay. If I did that, I think most of the time it's been just like subtle, like, okay, I don't want to be down here. Then I'm just going to not be down here, but like, I'm not going to stop. That, that's when like, I'll switch to hands and stuff or some, or sometimes it's not like bad, but just like it's strong. It's mm-hmm. not like a bad smell, but it's just like, where someone's particularly strong today. Distracting. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I, I can't tell. I don't, because I'm a dumb boy. I don't know when it's, there's an issue and when it's like, oh, someone just didn't shower today or, you know, mm-hmm. or if that's just how her natural pH balance is going to be like, I, you know, but mm-hmm. most of the time, like, 
scentless and tasteless or like a little bit of sweet. That's most of the time how it is. And that's how I prefer it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's some. I think some dudes also fucking love. They want that fucking scent. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? So yeah. I, you know, I don't. know. What do you tell women when they are worried about the scent and taste? I mean, I don't stuff? work. I don't work oh, with sorry, women. Sorry. So like, what did you learn about that? Um, I mean, all when guys are in partnerships, like they have to get to the point of saying something if they're, you know, if their female partner wants it, and they're like, it's just so bad. I don't know what to say, and I love her so much. I don't want to hurt her feelings. Um, what's the best way to say something? Uh, I feel like what I told guys in the past was bringing it up in a way where it's like, um, either strategically doing it after she showers, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or cause I feel like a lot of people do end up having sex after a shower. It's just, that's, yeah. you know, that can work. Um, but, but if you have to say something to her saying something like, uh, Hey babe, Hey babe, I noticed that like that recently there's, you know, you're, there's a, a strong smell. Like it's not, it's not that bad. It's just like a strong smell. Like I'm wondering, like, have you noticed that? Like, am I just, am I just smelling something? Like me, like what can we do to, to help with this? Mm. You know, I think it's, it still sounds a little hard to hear, but I think using the words, like, what can we do? How can I, can I help you? Um, is something different? Is some, yeah. Have you been doing anything different? Um, because there are, instances where yeah where the ph balances off and maybe she has an infection that she doesn't even realize yeah. and it is causing you know a, a smell that she's not aware of and like i would want to know that if i was you know i would want my boyfriend to call it out and if say you're going something. down someone for the first time ever and like mm, you just the don't like the, you don't like that sm- I, I, mean, I would say nothing yeah i wouldn't say anything no <laughs> yeah. no if, if it's the first time, no. I'm talking about like saying something if it's your partner yeah, yeah. and it's getting to where your partner enjoys it and wants you to do it, but it's just yeah. way too pungent, you gotcha. know, saying something. Yeah. But um, Before we go, is there a reason why you didn't want to work with women? Um, it's not that I didn't want to. I just found, I just found, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, I was like, there's a need for more women speaking directly to, to men. heterosexual men, yeah. especially because feel like they just need a lot of help and and directness and um and yeah I just saw that plus it was that you know like I said in the beginning for selfish reasons of me wanting to understand potential future partners and like wanting to yeah but I I have had questions like will you work with women in the future and this and that and I don't know I kind of like having the niche and becoming a specialist at something is important to me so I might just stick with where I'm at I think I am but um, but I do love like one of the best feelings are like women reaching out to me because I don't hear you know a lot. I have like five percent female audience on Instagram, which is my biggest platform. Five oh percent. <laughs> so when a woman reaches out and says something, I'm like, oh my god, it's More women so exciting. More me than you. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I'm speaking directly to heterosexual sure. men. Like that's literally in the title of my Instagram. Yeah. So yeah, and um. And it's fun. It's fun also to have my clients tell me like, my wife wants to send you a bouquet of roses <laughs> like, or like my wife says hi. And like, it's just fun to interact knowing that they're enjoying me helping their husbands and they're like, you know, tell stuff like she's helped us so much. Yeah. Like that's always really rewarding to like hear, even though I'm not working directly with her. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I have like when I work with, um, with a, a man who's married and he's like, uh, my wife is like dealing with this and this is what she says. And if she sounds like a woman who's, 
who's into, you know, the work that I'm doing with him and she's like very open-minded and she's curious, then I'm like, hey, if she wants to come on a call with me, let's use one of your calls for her and let me get in her head a little bit to understand where she's coming from to help you better and help you both better. And I've seen wild success with a couple I did that with. And it was just without that call with her, that one call, we wouldn't have seen the amount of progress we saw. So that was definitely uh, beneficial for that couple. That's amazing. It's fun. That's so cool. Uh, Well, Stephanie, you know, where can people go to find you, follow you, listen to your podcast and, uh, and take a look at your work? Yeah, they can find me at what I love about sex is my podcast. Um, there are over 300 episodes at this point. So once a week I am putting out new episodes. Um, they can find me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. Also YouTube at Steph Ganowski, TikTok at Steph Ganowski. Now that's Ganowski spelled the typical Polish guest way. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like as soon as you say Polish, you're like, I, I have an idea. I know how to spell Got that it. Out. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, you said YouTube also, Steph Ganowski. Yeah. Um, and if people want to work with you, just go to like Instagram. Yeah. If they go to Instagram, the link in my bio has the application to work with me. Fantastic. So yeah. Well, that was so great. Uh, thank you so much for your time. And great, Billy, uh, thank you. People should go check out my episode of, uh, Stephanie's show. Uh, you know, what I love about sex. I, she asked me questions I don't normally get asked. It was a really cool chat. Uh, I think I told you afterwards. I, was, I very appreciated yeah. uh, that convo. So, you know. This is great. Yeah. Well, why don't you, uh, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate you. And um, yeah, hopefully um, you enjoy the podcast. That sports reference really is just, I, can you please, please, please email me at manhorpod at gmail.com if like you enjoyed and understood my Purdue sports sex tip reference? Because it is so heartbreaking when I make a sports-related sex joke and everyone responds with, oh, is that sports ball? Is that the sports ball? Like, when did the when did the jocks become the losers in this world? I think it was online fantasy football. I think that's when being into sports went from being cool to being nerdy. And, and then the nerds have taken over with the MCU, with the Marvel Universe. And so now comic book nerds rule the world. I think I think we're in the upside down. I think we are. <laughs> um, anyways, folks, hang tight real quick. I got I got something extra. There's a little more content. It's coming at the end of this little bit here. If you stay right there, you're gonna get some more of Zachary Zane. He's gonna give you it. Just just stay there. You're gonna love this. The Champagne Room is our super free, super fun, super sex positive Discord server. We're at over six hundred. Whoreheads, over 600 sex positive. There are people in this server, they don't even listen to this show. This is not a man or a podcast server. This is just a server to link up with like minded people. Uh, recently, I was asking for embarrassing sex stories. Y'all did not disappoint. I've been reading a few at the end of the pods um, recently. And this one comes from uh, Sh- Shoe Booty, uh, who has renamed herself The Bride recently because she get in married. Okay, um, this is her embarrassing sex story in the champagne room. Of all the times I'd got caught having sex when I thought we were alone, the time that I was having sex in my pool outside with my boyfriend after a party, we thought everyone had left. I'm getting fucked from behind by the edge of the pool when two of my friends come outside from the side door. 
They didn't notice at first that we were even fucking because it was nighttime and dark. So while my boyfriend was still inside me, I start making small talk with these people trying to act super cash. My friend John, gay and completely sick of my shit, realizes I'm definitely getting dicked down and yells, Jesus fucking Mary and Joseph, we can't leave you alone for two minutes without you humping like dogs in heat. I'm just like, I thought you went home. I'm sorry. Should he stop? It feels so good. I'm sorry. (laughs) Link in the show notes if you want to join the conversations or share your own embarrassing sex story in the champagne room. Again, Manworkon weekend passes are now on sale. Discounted link in the show notes of this episode. Hot. Movie night is tomorrow, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time in the Champagne Room for all of my Patreon members only. And lastly, just so I can say the word Patreon like one more time, I've got a teaser of this exclusive bonus episode with Zachary Zane. He did an entire bonus ep just teaching guys how to get guys. Because that's like one of the few things I really can't help you with. Enjoy the tease. Join my Patreon for the entire bonus episode, as well as nearly 300 bonus episodes. And everybody, enough of my fucking face. Stay slutty. Oh, I blew my uh, Uber driver a couple weeks ago. Stop it! You withheld that from me! I actually have an article. You withheld it from I, I actually have... I actually have a funny article for my little digital zine newsletter that's coming out next week because I shared this with some friends and none of them were surprised. They're all just like, how? Yeah. They're like, how do you move from the back seat to the front seat? How do you know he was gay and you're sucking his dick? And this is the second I've blown a Lyft driver a couple of years ago and then I've blown an Uber driver. Next up is Revel. Um, yeah, right? I got to get the every single ride sharing app. How or, did that happen? Uh, I have a great...